0: Welcome to our first ever Series EdTech podcast. I'm Brian Wise, one of the three EdTech specialists here in Series Unified. And before we get started, I'd just like to thank you for taking some time from your day to listen to ideas about education technology. We know teachers are busy people, and that has never been more true than it has been this year. Whether you're listening from your classroom, or your car, or your home, or even a hiking trail someplace, uh, thanks for spending some time with us. We hope you learned something useful from our podcast. Today's episode is all about grading. Grading. If you're interested in reading more about grading, check out our Gradebook Design Ideas Sheet at seriesedtech.net forward slash gradebook ideas. And as always, if you'd like to contact your ed tech specialist or book an appointment for us to visit your classroom, whether that's with me or the amazingly talented Emily Bryan, or the original EdTech herself, Mariana Sandoval, you can check out our contact info at gg.gg forward slash edtechs. Well, with that, let's get started. Today, I'd like to share eight gradebook ideas to help you maximize student motivation and support equitable grading practices for your students. Here we go. Idea number one. Begin with the end in mind. If you give letter grades at your grade level, then it's probably helpful for you to define in your own classroom what each letter grade really means, A, B, C, D, and F. So let's picture, for example, a student who has a C at the end of your grading term. What level of learning has this student achieved? How is this student's understanding different from a student who earned a B or a D? If you define what each letter grade means ahead of time, it can help you make some of those tough decisions about how to score assignments and projects and assessments. More importantly, though, it can help your students clearly understand their own level of learning. Hopefully, your imaginary student with a C won't think of that grade as just a number, like a 75 or a 50% or whatever, but instead, they will have some clear idea how their learning compares to the expectations of your class. All right, idea number two, give fractional scores if you need to. This idea is really helpful for folks who are using the four-point scale. If you're giving points rather than marks on your assignments, then you can always give a decimal fraction score. For example, 1.5 out of 4. This is very helpful when maybe a student has turned in an assignment, but that assignment shows little to no learning, and even though you hate to do it, you need to give a failing grade. Now, on the district's four-point scale, a score of 1 out of 4, or 25%, is actually a D, so a 1 might be too high. In order to give a student a failing grade, you need to give a score between 0 and 0.5. Now, fractional scores are also useful for higher grades, too. Maybe you want to give a 2.5 or a 3.6. Uh, Infinite Campus will let you enter any decimal fraction that you like. Idea number three. Use logic rules to calculate overall grades. Now this idea is a little more outside the box, we admit, but it might be just what you're looking for. Here's the idea. Your letter grades don't actually have to be based on a percentage grading scale. Consider including a list of logical rules in your course syllabus that tie each letter grade to a list of expected outcomes. Now, suppose, for example, your grading term has eight essential standards. Your syllabus might say, in order to earn a grade of A, a student must demonstrate proficiency on all eight of the essential standards. You might define a B uh, as hitting the mark in maybe six or seven of those eight standards, and so on down the line. You'll need to pick a minimum number of standards that a student needs to uh, understand in order to pass the class. So maybe that number is, let's say, three out of eight. That way, no matter what the student's percentage average grade is, if they've only shown proficiency in just one or two essential standards, and you've given them plenty of opportunities to recover or retake key assessments, then they would receive an F. Now, this is just one example. Of course, every grade level and subject area is different. Um, The key point here, though, is that your letter grades don't have to be defined solely on the basis of a percentage. All right, now, idea number four. It's totally okay to simplify your gradebook. Not every assignment needs to count directly towards the final grade calculation. Um, Now I know I was guilty of this when I was in the classroom. I had dozens and dozens of assignments over the course of a semester. And that's okay, but you don't have to do that. Instead, you could base your semester grade on a much smaller set of scores. We know some teachers in the district, for example, who only give one single grade per unit or per learning target or per essential standard. So if you only have eight essential units, There might be as few as eight actual grades in your gradebook. Now, if the idea of having such a small number of grades in your gradebook scares you a little, don't worry. Infinite Campus does let you record as many individual assignment scores as you like, but those scores don't all have to count towards the overall course grade. You can put individual assignment scores into a special category with 0% weight or you can use special flags like X for exempt or DR for dropped. When you use these flags, you can still enter a score in order to provide feedback to students and parents, but that score won't count toward the overall grade. Instead, you can define a separate category for overall summative scores that you give for each unit. There's also another option you might consider you can limit the number of samples of student work that will be scored for each unit. You could, for example, limit the grade calculation in one unit to be the average of the top three pieces of evidence collected from that unit. A student might have multiple opportunities to submit work during that unit. Say they have four, five, six, or even more opportunities but only the top three will actually be scored. A system like this works great for teachers who give students opportunities to retake tests or revise their projects, essays, reports, etc. If a student gets good scores on their first three attempts, they might stop and move on to another standard while another student who maybe started off slow or had a rough time in the middle of a unit can take advantage of those multiple attempts to catch up and might still earn a good grade, let's say if their final three attempts average out to a high score. Idea number five, help maintain a focus on learning. Research strongly indicates that for a whole host of reasons, poor grades alone are unlikely to provide motivation for students to modify their behaviors, attitudes, work habits, etc. Yet these considerations are a very important part of the growth that we expect all students to make over the course of a school year. Consider developing a separate system, not tied to the grade calculation, in order to report this kind of information. Now, Infinite Campus has citizenship marks, but there are also comment fields on assignments, and you can even go outside of Infinite Campus and use parent messaging platforms to provide a lot of opportunities uh, for you to share feedback. Here's a little-known fact. Infinite Campus does allow you to create assignments that are linked to citizenship, the citizenship mark. This might be an excellent way, for example, to give a a weekly score or feedback on effort, even though effort isn't something that we would normally include in a course grade calculation. But, you know, the teacher is not the only person who can provide feedback to the student. Your students can also provide feedback to themselves. You could require your students to write their own learning goals and periodically reflect on how their choices and work habits and attitude have affected their progress. And this is something that research has shown can be very successful. Okay, idea number six, create a manageable structure for student recovery. Of course, it's essential that we provide students opportunities to recover when they're struggling to learn something important. Adults typically need multiple chances to retake a lot of the high-stakes tests that we all have to deal with, from driver's license tests uh, all the way to attorneys uh, passing the bar exam. However, as a teacher, you're not obligated to provide endless retake opportunities without deadlines. When you plan out your remediation and recovery system for your students, you are totally okay to set up expectations and deadlines. Uh, Now, some teachers, for example, require students to complete a remediation activity prior to retaking an exam. Other teachers give a clear deadline for submitting revised work. So you don't get a big pile of uh, makeup papers the day before the end of the grading term. Uh, Instead, you could have a single date, maybe one or two weeks prior to the end of a semester. Or maybe you have a rolling deadline that requires catching up on a previous unit before the next unit has been completed. It's really up to you how to balance your own workload Uh, against the flexibility that your students need in order to recover from setbacks. All right, almost done. Idea number seven, use the new grading scale. Uh, We've added a new grading scale in Infinite Campus recently and this was added in response to teacher requests. It is called four point scale equal intervals. And in that scale, every letter grade is an equal interval. So an A is 100% to 80%. B is 80 to 60%. C is 60 to 40. D is 40 to 20, and F is 20 to 0. Now of course, you can continue to use the original 4 point scale if you would prefer, but we thought this would be a good option uh, that some teachers would want to use. Finally, idea number eight. Uh, your ed techs are here to help. We know gradebook design is complicated. Each grade level and subject area and school site has unique factors that might require a conversation beyond just a podcast. So we edtechs are all former teachers who've been helping uh, teachers everywhere design grading systems for many years, uh, going back even before the pandemic. So please reach out to Mariana, Emily, or me when you have questions. And again, you can visit us at gg.gg forward slash edtechs to book a classroom visit. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode of the Series Ed Tech Podcast, we would love to hear from you. And also, if you're not following our Series Tech Tips blog yet, why aren't you doing that? We really hope you will. Head on over to seriestechtips.com and sign up for notifications. All the really cool teachers are doing it. Again, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, stay techie.